Chapter Seven of Calatan, Our Little Alaskan Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anita Sloma Martinez. Calatan, Our Little Alaskan Cousin by Mary F. Nixon Roulette. Chapter Seven twilight tales and totems once a small girl-child went by night to bring water in the skies above she saw the moon shining brightly pale and placid and she put forth her tongue at it which was an evil thing for the moon is old and a clinket child should show respect for age so the moon would not endure so rude a thing from a girl-child and it came down from the sky and took her thither she cried out in fear and caught at the long grass to keep herself from going up but the moon was strong and took her with her water bucket and her bunch of grass and she never came back her mother wept for her but her father said cease we have other girl children she is now wedded to the moon to him we need not give a potlatch you may see her still if you will look at the moon there grass in one hand bucket in the other and when the new moon tips to one side and the water spills from the clouds and it is the months of rain it is the bad moon maiden tipping over her water bucket upon the earth no clinket child would dare ever to put her tongue forth at the moon for fear of a like fate to that of squeance the moon maiden tanana's voice was soft and low and she looked very pretty as she sat in the moonlight at the door of the hut and told calatan and ted quaint old stories ted was delighted with her tales and begged for another and yet another and tanana told the quaint story of kagamil a mighty toyon dwelt on the island of kagamil by name he was kathaya kuchat and he was of great strength and much to be feared he had long had a death feud with people of the next totem but the bold warrior yakaga chieftain of the tribe married the toyon's daughter and there was no more feud zampa was the son of kathaya kuchat and his pride he built for this son a fine bedarka and the boy launched it on the sea his father watched him sail and called him to return lest evil befall but zampa heard not his father's voice and pursued diving birds and lo he was far from land and the dark fell he sailed to the nearest shore and beheld the village of yakaga where the people of his sister's husband made him welcome though yakaga was not within his hut there was feasting and merry-making and according to their custom he the stranger was given a chieftain's daughter to wife and her name was kitayu and zampa loved her and she him and he returned not home but kitayu's father liked him not and treated him with rudeness because of the old enmity with his taii father so zampa said to kitayu let us go hence we cannot be happy here let us go from your father who is unfriendly to me and seek the barabora of my father 
the mighty chief that happiness may come upon us and kitayu said what my lord says is well then zampa placed her in his canoe and alone beneath the stars they sailed and it was well and zampa's arm was strong at his paddle but lo they heard another paddle and one came after them and soon arrows flew about them arrows swift and cruel and one struck his paddle from his hand and his canoe was overturned the pursuer came and placed kitayu in his canoe seeking too for zampa but alas zampa was drowned and when his pursuer dragged his body to the surface he gave a mighty cry for lo it was his brother-in-law whom he had pursued for he was yakaga then fearing the terrible rage of zampa's father he dared not return with the body so he left it with the overturned canoe in the kelp and weeds kitayu he bore with him to his own island there she was sad as the seagulls scream for the lord she loved was dead and her father gave her to another toyon who was cruel to her and her life was as a slave's and she loathed her life until zampa's child was born to her and for it she lived alas it was a girl child and her husband hated it and kitayu saw nothing for it but to be sold as a slave as was she herself and she looked by day and by night at the sea and its cold cold waves seemed warmer to her than the arms of men with my girl child i shall go hence she whispered to herself and the great unknown spirit will be kind so by night she stole away in a canoe and steered to sea ere she knew where she was reaching the seaweeds where she had journeyed with her young husband the morning broke and she saw the weeds and the kelp where her lover had gone from her sight and with a glad sigh she clasped zampa's child to her breast and sank down among the weeds where he had died so her tired spirit was at rest for a woman is happier who dies with him she loves now zampa's father had found his boy's body and mourned over it and buried it in a mighty cave the which he had once made for his furs in stores with it he placed bows and arrows and many valuables in respect for the dead and zampa's sister going to his funeral feast fell upon a stone with her child so that both were killed then broke the old chief's heart beside her brother he laid her in the cave and gave orders that he himself should be placed there as well when grief should have made way with him then he died of sorrow for his children and his people interred him in his burial cave and with him they put much wealth and blankets and weapons when therefore the people of his tribe found the bodies of kitayu and her child among the kelp having heard of her love for zampa they bore them to the same cave and wrapping them in furs they placed kitayu beside her beloved husband and in her burial she found her home and felt the kindness of the great spirit this then is the story of the burial cave of kagamil and since that day no man dwelt upon the island and it is known as the island of the dead
I'd like to see it, I can tell you, said Ted. Are there any burial caves round here? The Clinkets do not bury in caves, said Tanana. We used to burn our dead, but often we place them in totem poles. I thought those great poles by your doors were totems, said Ted, puzzled. Yes, said the girl. They are caste totems, and all who are of any rank have them. As we belong to the raven or bear or eagle clan, we have the carved poles to show our rank, but the totem of the dead is quite different. It does not stand beside the door, but far away. It is alone as the soul of the dead in whose honor it is made. It is but little carved. A square hole is cut at the back of the pole, and the body of the dead, wrapped in a matting of cedar bark, is placed within, a board being nailed so that the body will not fall to the ground. A potlatch is given, and food from the feast is put in the fire for the dead person. It seems queer to put weapons and blankets and things to eat on people's graves, said Ted. Why do they do it? Of the dead we know nothing, said Tanana. Perhaps the warrior spirit wishes his arrows in the land of the great unknown. Yes, but he can't come back for them, persisted Ted. At Wrangell, Boston man put flowers on his girl's grave, said Calatan dryly. She come back and smell posy? Having no answer ready, Ted changed the subject and asked, Why do you have the raven at the top of your totem pole? Indian cannot marry same totem, said Calatan. My father was eagle totem. My mother was raven totem. He carved her totem at the top of the pole, then his totem, and those of the family are carved below. The greater the family, the taller the totem. How do you get these totems? demanded Ted. Clan totems we take from our parents, but a man may choose his own totem. Before he becomes a man, he must go alone into the forest to fast, and there he chooses his totem, and he is brother to that animal all his life and may not kill it. When he comes forth, he may take part in all the ceremonies of his tribe. Why, it is something like knighthood, and the vigil at arms, and escutcheons, and all those round-table things, exclaimed Ted in delight, for he dearly loved the stirring tales of King Arthur and his knights, and the doughty deeds of Camelot. Tell us about that, said Calatan. So Ted told them many tales in the moonlight, as they sat beneath the shadows of the quaint and curious totem poles of Calatan's tribe. End of chapter 7